Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with my co-host, Leanne Whippen, Camaro Dave, Commander Chris, rummaging around in the background, which you can't see. Uh, we're coming to you from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, and we would like to once again thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. Well, he's back because a holiday is coming up <clears throat> next week, excuse me. Labor Day weekend, and of course, we invited Meathead back on the show, um, and uh, Leanne's all perky there, ready to fire off some questions. I'm always and- excited when he's on the show. I learn oh, something every time. I know. I'm like Santa Claus. I show up just for the holidays. Bringing <laughs> gifts of knowledge, gifts of knowledge. Boy, that brings an image of, of uh, me seeing you in a lawn chair in, in red flannel underwear uh-huh, out by Lake uh-huh. Michigan with <laughs> I'm I'm working on the waistline. I've I've got a well marbled torso. There you go. There you go. There you go. That's like that question in after hours. Are you grass fed or corn fed? Most of them are all corn fed. So I'm I'm animal fed. There you go. Well, although uh, although one of the things we we, we should we we'll probably get into today is where I am in Illinois. It's August, and my wife is a master gardener. She actually has a University of Illinois degree in master gardener. And th- during the month of August, I am no longer meathead. I am veghead. Hmm. Oh, God, that's going to drive some people over the wall, I tell you. <laughs> it will be. Maybe me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, I, love, actually, I, I agree veggie. with you on that. I could do that. Fresh tomatoes off the vine oh, my. And, and all that stuff. I could just really... <sighs> yeah, I was out picking cherry tomatoes last night, and I bring them in, and I... I got one for you. The raisins? Do the raisins? No. Yeah, the raisins. Yes, you know about it. I, yeah. I, I this is an annual event, but I have to do it every year because it's so good, and so many people don't know about it. Um, all you need is one cherry tomato plant, and you're swimming in cherry tomatoes. Right. Um, and uh, my wife has picked maybe two gallons out of two plants so far, and they're still go- going. Um, you pick them fully ripe. You bring them in, and you stab them wash them first, stab them with a uh, uh, a paring knife, and then put them in your smoker at a low temp, 200, 225, take four or five hours, and they dehydrate, and they shrink to um, almost raisin size. I got a whole bowl of them I just did yesterday. I can show them to you, but we're not video. And they shrink to like raisins, and they are incredibly sweet like raisins, but they're smoky. And they're just unbelievably good. If you've never done this, it's one of the best things I do on my smoker. And you throw them on a, a on a focaccia or on a pizza or in a salad. Um, they're just anything you might do with a raisin, you do with these um, cherry tomato dried raisins. They're fantastic. 
Okay, Leanne, I'm going back to the garden. Great. I mean, I I used to smoke cherry tomatoes for a short period of time and they kind of pop in your mouth. You don't have to pierce them and uh, put that on a nice cob salad. And you definitely can get the smoke Mm. even with a short cook time on it. I mean, it's, you know, like 15 minutes, really. Well, I pierce them because I make raisins out of them and I want the water to evaporate. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're they're delightful. Just and and you can do that with any tomato. You can take mm-hmm. um, uh, romas or something like that, a meaty tomato. With the romas, I slice them in half. Yeah, and and you get essentially like sun dried tomatoes. Most sun dried tomatoes are not dried in the sun anymore. They're you know they're dried in a in an oven. Right, um, and you can do that at home. You can dry. when you slice them in half. Do you make sure that the inside of the tomato is face up or face down? Um, face up usually because I want mm-hmm. the moisture to evaporate. I see. Okay. I didn't know if you wanted it to like drip out and, you know, I didn't know which would be. You know, right I've never thought of that. Maybe they would work as well. I, I just throw, I put them in their face up and. Uh, and Either they, way, they get dried out and raisiny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you, you, you take them out of there before they get to leather. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But uh, if you love sun-dried tomatoes, smoke dried tomatoes are just breathtakingly good. And what temperature are you doing that at? You know, on on my website and in my books, I've always tried to teach people to master a limited number of temperatures. And 225 is a magic number for Mm -hmm. almost everything we do. Right. You know, I I don't want 225 for this recipe, 250 for that recipe. Dialing in the temperature on a grill or a smoker is pretty hard to do. Pellet smokers are pretty easy, but... uh, uh, I, so most smoking we do is at 225 um, gotcha. across the board. Um, I, we do we, I do poultry up around 325 because I need, need to render the fat mm-hmm. and you need a little higher temperature. So for most everything, I, I teach people peg 225. Learn whether it's hot, cold, windy or snowy, how to get your smoker to 225 and stay there. And you can do just about anything. When you do the tomatoes. Do you put them in, you just put them on the rack or because, or do you put them in, like I have the little baskets, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that stuff. Um, well, the cherry we, tomatoes will fall through the cracks if you right. don't put them on a, some sort of a grill topper. So, okay. you know, a metal grill topper with holes poked in it. Right. Um, or a, uh, there's a, there's some stuff that, um, that looks like window screen that has um, Teflon yep. on it um, mm-hmm. that you can buy on Amazon or Big Papa Smoker sells it. Um, and, uh, uh, those all work pretty well. I use them for nuts, um, yeah. onions, mushrooms, small things. Right. Okay. Um, we've got labor day coming up. And as we said at the top of the show, you, this is an ongoing thing and can, will be for a long time. I hope that we always have meathead here for, uh, the holidays some tips and things and sometimes each show we touch on basic things like he was just talking about 225 for people but then there's other things that are you know kind of tied to a particular holiday prime rib at christmas turkey Mm. thanksgiving like that at labor day and i had never really thought about this labor day and this will drive you nuts me ted is the unofficial unofficial mind you end of hot dog season which I know. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's year round for me. I, me too. I, 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 I beg to differ. <laughs> me too. Not only do I cook them, but when I travel, 
that's my airport food, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's still the same. I mean, even if it's the unofficial end of the hot dog season, they still consume 818, 818 hot dogs every minute in this country. So take that with a grain of salt. But well, I have I have I have a, a fun thing people can do with hot dogs. OK, um, now there are a bazillion ways you can cook hot dogs. But what's really interesting about hot dogs is there are distinctive regional styles. Um, for example, in Chicago, there's the Chicago dog, which has seven specific toppings, not six, not eight, and no ketchup allowed. And in New York, you have your classic um, uh, uh, Coney Island uh, with the uh, the the, the uh, onion sauce. Um, in Cincinnati, you've got a uh, uh, a ground meat chili with uh, grated cheese on top. And um, in, in Detroit, um, they make the, the chili out of beef heart. Um, and you have Dodger dogs and Seattle dogs. And they're all distinctive. Now, I mean, in, in one town, in you know, my town, Chicago, there's a bazillion different types of hamburger. Every hamburger joint has their own specialties. But hot dogs, there's actually more hot dog stands in Chicago than hamburger joints. And that includes McDonald's and Burger King. And it's all the same. All the seven uh, classic uh, drag it through a garden, we call it. And 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 it's this, it, and that it, that's often the case around the country. Um, those hot dog stands in Manhattan all serve pretty much the same same prep. And I think that's fun. So you for a party, what you do is is you grill off a bunch of hot dogs and you lay out these different toppings so people can, you know, oh, I'm going to have a Seattle dog, um, yeah. w- w- which has cream cheese on it. Um, uh, so th- that's a fun party. I, um, uh, I'm with you though. No ketchup on hot dogs. I can't, I, ha- I, I, I hate to be a hot dog snob, but I, I, I just like to buy a higher end hot dog. All yeah. beef, all beef um, hot dog. Yeah. I do think that makes a difference. I even yep. did a Kobe hot dog up in Chicago. That was with, delicious. With they do make casing. those. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. But um, um, the uh, the um, ketchup on hot dog thing, we were talking before we went on air about some of the things that I've written that have caused controversy. And that's one. I have a page on AmazingRibs.com, my website, that is um, devoted to no ketchup on hot dogs. And it's a humor page. It's clearly uh, done with uh, tongue in cheek and it's amazing i mean there's a, a very famous scene from a clint eastwood movie where he's describing a murder and it's grisly and it's disgusting and his partner is eating a hot dog with ketchup on it and eastwood basically just lambase him for how awful and disgusting ketchup mm-hmm. on a hot dog is and uh so many people have written about it and joked about it and it's all on this webpage. i've gathered all of them together and people don't get that it's a joke. They get all upset. They get agitated. They come after me. So I have a theory. Okay. Eating ketchup on a hot dog robs you of your sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, and, and send your email to Jeff Tracy 
Yeah. At Barbecue Nation. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Well, I have to look the other way, though. I think I've told you before. My wife likes ketchup on her hot dogs, which I prepare the hot dogs. I set the stuff out on the table, the counter, whatever. I'm kind of a poly guy. I'll put a little sauerkraut on it, a little good old French's mustard, um, some onions, a little relish, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, Shelly comes in, ketchup. Like, and it's just like, ugh. we're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Meathead on Barbecue Nation, along with myself and Miss Leanne, and talk a little bit more about your Labor Day grilling practices right after this. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. Uh, We've got Mr. Meathead with us today good friend and also a very good contributor to the show and his website amazingribs.com is like information central as far as i'm concerned when it comes to you know barbecue grilling smoking meats whatever pretty much any question you would have can be found and the answer included there on um, (laughs) amazingribs.com um for a limited time i want to tell you about our friends down at smoky bones do you have a smoky bones in chicago no, but I've I've seen them in Florida, I think, uh, and I go down to Florida to visit my sister and my mother. So yeah, yes, they're familiar with them. They're they're based in Florida, but they actually have sixty three storefronts mm, from Illinois to Florida. So maybe it's down in Southern Illinois or something. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure where that is. Anyway, this is the thing that always gets Leanne fired up. Uh, mm-hmm. You can get their rib feast for nineteen ninety nine. You get a house rack, two sides, garlic bread, and a drink. You got to eat in the restaurant, in the bar there. But that's uh, for a limited time. Rib Feast, 1999. Smoky Bones, the Masters of Meat, 63 locations, like I said, from Illinois to Florida. And they bring you grill-fired uh, favorites and barbecue platters every day for lunch and dinner. That's Smoky Bones. Um, right, I'm curious here. I don't go out and order ribs in restaurants very often because I cook them myself. What is the going rate for a slab of baby backs now? I just bought some and they were almost $29. Of course, it's based on the weight. You know, this isn't a restaurant. No, this is like buying the ribs in the grocery store. Oh, 29 bucks raw yes. meat. Yes. Oh, my. Well, yeah. I'm, well, I'm going to find out because I got to cook 10 slabs. for. A I party see them already. at like $7.99 a pound, you know, and if you're looking at a three and a half pound rack, boom, there it is. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm about to take a hit because that's what I'm cooking. My, I have a neighbor who has a big Labor Day party and he's a musician and he invites all his uh, musician buddies over and they all sit around in a circle in the yard and I cook. So I'm doing uh, like 10 slabs of ribs for him. So, Well, of yeah. course, if you go to Costco or Sam's, you'll get a better deal. I don't belong to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I think I told you last week I bought a rack the other day for 34 bucks. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So they're not, uh, they're not cheap anymore. Put it that oh way. Oh my God. I, I, I don't know. 
I'm going to. Yeah, look what you got yourself into. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A third third mortgage there on the Goldblum residence in Chicago, if he's going to supply that. Anyway, we've got Labor Day coming up. We're talking about that. I think most people feel that Labor Day, and when I say most, the three of us and our the peers that we run with are not like most people. We're all (laughs) a little more eccentric when it comes to cooking outside. But for a lot of people, Labor Day is kind of the last party of the year. Kids are going back to school. Um, you know, summer vacations are over like that, which it, to me, that's wrong. Uh, you can, you know, like you said before the show started, we have college football coming up, which I'm very much into college football. Uh, tailgate parties. We have all these things. So to me, the the, the barbecue and the grilling keeps going. Well, all year round for us, but well, the last party of the year is New Year's Eve, dude. I got news for you. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So I, I, I don't know why people think though that at Labor Day they need to shut it off. Uh, That's always amazed me, but a lot of people do. Well, it's it's the last party of the summer, and in the colder climates, and I'm up in the Chicago area, and you know, you get up to Minneapolis or Madison, Wisconsin, or uh, where you are in Oregon, a lot of people do you know, clean up the grill and put the cover on it and roll it into the garage and uh, put it away for the winter. I I, I don't understand that psychology because I'll grill all year round. I mean, I've, I've been seen out there in, in knee deep snow, but, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, for many people, uh, it's a summertime activity like swimming in the pool. So I guess that's mm-hmm. why it's sort of the, the finish line for summer. Well, the other question I have is put my own experience aside and went searching for what would be different to grill at Labor Day. And the only thing that that the, some of the articles and stuff I read was that they tend to do more steaks on Labor Day. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. It, you know, could, not this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- I think a lot of it has to do with where you are. I'll grill <laughs> fish. I mean, yeah. I love fish on the grill um, or the smoker. Um, but so you're not uh, going to do that on Labor Day as a go-to, are you? Not really. Why not? Come on. Well, you could if you had could, a small but gathering. When you think but... about Labor Day, and most people are expecting hot dogs, hamburgers, you know, ribs, you know, the traditional. I mean, it's nice if you throw in a fish, I suppose, but it's not. I don't think it's traditional. Well, well ch- chicken is still reasonably priced and yes. that's chicken's great on the grill. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I used to do, because uh, we just, because of COVID and stuff, we don't have the parties that we used to have is I would grill whatever it was we were doing, but I would also go and buy a really nice uh, like copper river salmon filet or something. And I mm-hmm. would smoke that. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a, you know, everybody could, peel off little pieces or whatever they wanted and do it that way, you know, Mm -hmm. but that's what I would do. And so I recommend to people just get a little creative. This is in fact, kind of the point where you start to wind down your grilling and barbecue season, get a little creative with whatever you're going to serve. You know, yeah, you can have the hamburgers and the dogs and the steaks and the drumsticks or whatever, but I would say, get a little creative, make it memorable. Well, I'm, I'm with you on creativity. Uh, now, it is vegetable season here in uh, my area and eggplants. My wife just picked an eggplant uh, yesterday that was gorgeous. Um, I'll do eggplant parmesan on the grill. Mm-hmm. 
and it's pretty easy. You just, um, I, I take the eggplant and I get a, um, a potato peeler and mm -hmm. I'll stripe it. I'll cut like a, a one inch uh, section of skin off, roll a little. Another, so it's about half striped skin, half striped meat. And that makes it easier to cut and bite once it's cooked. And then I'll cut discs out of it and give it a very light uh, spritz with a spray bottle of oil and grill it off. And then I take tomatoes, which are also in season now, um, and we'll fire roast our tomatoes. Um, and the skin, once they've been roasted over the fire, the skins pop off pretty easy and you get a little char on them. And then, you know, you pay more for fire roasted tomatoes in the can. Right. And we just give them a spin in a blender or the food processor with a little oregano or something. And now you've got fire roasted tomato sauce to go on top of your eggplant. Then you get a piece of uh, fresh mozzarella mm -hmm. and uh, 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 lay that on top. Uh, we are we're going to take another break. We're going to be back with Meathead from Amazing Ribs on Barbecue Nation with Leanne and JT right after this. Hey, everybody, it's JT from Barbecue Nation and my friends down at Smoky Bones have come up with a great summer special for you. For a limited time, get the Rib Feast for only $19.99. Now, Rib Feast comes with a house rack, two sides, garlic bread, and a drink, and that's when you actually eat at the restaurant. Smoky Bones, the masters of meat, well, they have about 63 locations from Illinois all the way down to Florida, and they bring you fire-grilled favorites and barbecue platters every day for lunch and dinner. And it's great stuff. So find a Smoky Bones near you and enjoy their summer rib feast special. Only $19.99. That's Smoky Bones, the masters of meat. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, uh, along with Miss Leanne Whippen, Mr. Meathead Goldwyn, both Hall of Famers today. I love that part. Uh, we'd like to again thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef, beef just like Grandpa used to raise, if your grandpa raised beef, mine did. Uh, pretty good stuff. And then also Gunter Wilhelm Knives, um, great balance for a great price and great efficiency in the kitchen. Of course, the knives are only as good as the person using it, but You'll you'll get the point. Anyway, GunterWilhelmKnives.com. Um, you can find us online. Uh, just go to Barbecue Nation JT, the website, if you want to send us a message. Uh, we'll get back to you. That's it. So we're talking with our buddy, Meathead Goldwyn. From, who stabbed uh, himself with a Gunter Wilhelm knife the other day. And did you have to get a Band-Aid? <laughs> yeah. 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 So I had one more question about it. You talked about oil. And you talked about spritzing them with mm. a little oil. Do you do you use olive oil or vegetable oil? Because that's going to cross somebody's mind. It really varies, but um, mostly olive oil. It's I have just you 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 must know Larry Olmsted. Yeah, I just finished reading Larry Olmsted's book, um, uh, Real Food, Fake Food, um, uh, and it's a it's a marvelous book. It's essential reading. I strongly recommend it. I think that's let me double check the exact title on that. But um, in it, he talks about um, food, uh, poor fake labels, um, fraud labels, um, and uh, he he deals with Parmigiano Reggiano and he deals with olive oil, and he maintains that 
um, virtually none of the virgin olive oil, the extra virgin olive oil in the grocery store is in fact extra virgin olive oil. Um, and uh, he backs it up with good research that uh, it is easily faked, easily, um, uh, and it's not enforced. There's no um, enforcement from the FDA on the labeling of olive oils. Um, but I, we keep around the house uh, two grades. We keep around the house just inexpensive grocery store olive oil for cooking um, and then um, uh, high quality, true extra virgin. And um, I, um, I get it from a uh, olive oil club. Um, I forget the name of the darn thing, um, but I, I get a shipment of olive oil sent to me four times a year. Um, and that is legitimate, true, expensive olive oil um, in, the, uh, in, the, in the summer months. It comes from the Southern Hemisphere. And uh, in the uh, fall, it comes from Italy. And, uh, and in winter, it comes from Spain. And, okay, uh, I agree. I agree. I actually do spend the extra pennies and I call it my sipping olive oil. And, you know, it's good on a burrata salad when you're really getting that flavor of straight up olive oil. It's a waste to cook with expensive. Yeah, it's so oil. good, though, mm -hmm. when you when you drizzle it on mm -hmm. right, right now, um, um, uh, caprese salad. Mm -hmm. which is the Italian name, or is it, is it French or Italian? It's got Italian, I think. Uh, Italian. It's basically tomatoes um, and um, uh, uh, a fresh fresh cheese. It can be mozz. It can be uh, burrata. Uh, a burrata, mm -hmm. um, a basil, mm -hmm. um, olive oil, and balsamico. And that's mm -hmm. another one that's, easy, that's often fraudulent. Um, what we call balsamic vinegar is t most of the time it's just red wine vinegar that's been reduced till it's and, and it's been sweetened. It's been given an artificial coloring and it's inexpensive. The real authentic tradizionale or condimento, those are legalized terms. They are very expensive, um, hard to find, and extraordinary. Um, and if you've never had them, they're like syrup. You'll spend upwards a hundred and some dollars for a little bottle. Right. Yeah. It's like it's mm -hmm. it, it, yeah, it's like a, a four or five ounce bottle is a hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. It's like perfume, but it, it is a, a taste sensation. You know, it's in there with foie gras and uh, caviar. It's, you know, I love it. Right. right. Mm -hmm. I have a good friend um, every couple of years because I make it last that long. He buys me a uh, bottle of um, 25 year old balsamic. And it's it's verified. It's it's properly labeled and all that. And I use it sparingly, but that is such a, a difference in the flavor between that one and like you were saying, the ones that are just reduced down on the Safeway store shelf, like that. Um, I don't know how much he pays for this. I didn't ask. Uh, I don't want to know because. <laughs> Because as long as he's upright and kicking, I'm going to get one of those every couple of years. Just just today, I was floating around on Twitter, and one of the food websites that should know better was talking about a recipe um, that you must learn how to use white balsamic. There's no such thing. Balsamic is always brown. Um, and they should know better. This was like a food magazine. I forget which one. If you want to learn more about balsamic and what is real balsamic and what isn't, and how the grocery store of salad grade balsamic is made. I've done a really good deep dive on it on amazingribs.com. Just go there and type balsamic in the search box and you'll learn more than you ever wanted to know about balsamic.
it's good stuff if it if it is in fact good stuff mm-hmm. i uh, i'll just leave it at that um we were talking about uh labor day grilling and stuff and, and you know different vegetables and all that one of the things that always comes up is and i'm speaking from my own childhood i knew when labor day came around that school was going to start like the next day uh you know the tuesday yeah. afterwards something like that which always kind of cast a pall on that um <laughs> no, no, you know now i don't care obviously but you know it was always like oh my god i gotta go back i gotta put on those new jeans your mom bought you that were stiff and all that kind of stuff you know your new school clothes i uh as we grew up grew older and you know my wife and i had a daughter and all that i always tried to do something a little special for the kids that were around on labor day now we've all heard me tell about you had chicken legs there on the grill for kids to munch on if they didn't like you know whatever that's fine but think about that for a second what would you recommend to do something special and i'm kind of catching you off guard here for if they're going back to school isn't there a famous recipe called funeral potatoes Yes, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cook funeral poor kids. Yeah. No, um, finger foods, ribs and drumsticks. Yeah, why not? You know, and you know, uh, my personal preference on poultry is I like an herb rub on it. But uh, yours is on. the best. Hello, oh, you know, thank you. Oh, you're so you're so sweet. My favorite. You're so sweet. I I like that very much too. And and you and I are culinarians more than barbecuers and. Uh, and yes, herbs and chicken are uh, like peanut butter and jelly. But a lot of people love barbecue sauce on chicken, and it is good. And kids love barbecue sauce because it's sweet and sticky, and yeah. they love eating with their hands. And I, I have a collection of pictures I've been taking for years of little kids with uh, bar- yeah. barbecue sauce all over their face. You know, and uh, I would think that uh, you know if you want to treat the kids, they love their ribs, they love eating with their hands, they love drumsticks. Chicken wings. Yep. Um, uh, and Wait, you can make you forgetting it. You're forgetting wings. about dessert. You have to have the s'mores for the kids and maybe grill oh. up some watermelon for them, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that all works really good. And, <clears throat> you know, they're kind of. A lot of kids feel like they're on death row. You know, <laughs> the, the, the day before school starts till you get older, then it's like that. But the little guys. um yeah, it was always a big deal to me. When- we always have a uh, watermelon seed spitting contest. Oh, fun. Yeah. 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 My wife goes out in the sidewalk and draws a chalk line and the kids line up and uh, see who can. And and That's at Fourth fun. of July, it's cherry seeds. Uh, yeah. yeah. We caught crawdads, crayfish, oh. mud bugs, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them. And uh, my dad absolutely detested them. But <laughs> my mom would put up with it. And when what? when we weren't down at the Crick and we had, we had a cabin there and all kinds of stuff, but we'd go down and catch them. And then we'd bring them back up to the house and I'd break out mom's pickling spice and we'd cook them on the stove. And of course that aroma went all through the house and my dad had come home from work and there'd be newspapers on the kitchen table and a big two or three big bowls of, of crawdads. They're all bright red and shiny and bunch of the guys from that I grew up with would be in there, you know, eating crawdads. And he'd just, he'd walk in, he'd change his clothes in about 3.2 seconds and be out the door because he couldn't stand them and couldn't stand the smell of but that. But that's finger food. Now that's we're finger food. Yeah. Finger food. Yeah. So we would do that actually at the picnics and stuff. We would give the kids 
Most of them didn't grow up in the country, so they weren't aware of it. So we gave them little cheap tongs and like uh, little plastic buckets and they could go wade in the creek as long as they didn't go in over their head, pick up the crawdads, and then I'd cook them for them. And the kids would eat crawdads. The whole you time. suck the heads? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Leanne, you suck the heads? I do, but you know what? I think it's a whole lot of work for not a lot of return. <laughs> throw yeah. a lobster at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, that is true. But it, the fun part is getting the kids in the creek to pick up the crawdads and then cooking them and they'll come by and you get them up to a boil and you're doing all this. And then, you know, you put them out on the newspaper like they, you know, do down south and uh, it's kind of the uh, Clackamas County, Oregon version of a low country boil, so to mm-hmm. speak. Well, it's funny because right now I'm deep in the midst of final recipe testing and photography for my next book. And just last week, we did dirty rice with crawdads and andouille. Mm-hmm. And we also did lobster, which I, I did something fun with them. You kill them and split them open and um, grill them face down on a bed of herbs. Um, so that the herbs would smoke and uh, they slightly uh, aromatized the lobster as they grilled. And then you turned them over and did a beurre blanc. And uh, uh, that was that was a lot of fun. Oh, why didn't you call me? I'd have been there. Yeah. I could have mm-hmm. caught the six o'clock flight to Chicago. I'd have been there mm-hmm. four hours. Well, have I ever told you about my most I, I had two truly memorable dining experiences up in your neck of the woods in Oregon. Let's let's do it after the break. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to interrupt you, but let's do it out after the break and we'll get into the Oregon connection with Meathead here. You're listening to Barbecue Nation on the USA Radio Networks. Please stay with us. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT with Miss Whippin with us today. Uh, and also Mr. Goldwyn, that would be Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Don't forget to get your 1999. That's an incredible price for Rib Feast at Smoky Bones. They've got 63 locations up and down the East Coast and going clear over to Illinois. Uh, Smoky Bones, the masters of meat. And um, they bring you the fire-grilled favorites and barbecue platters every day for lunch and dinner. Find a Smoky Bones near you at their website, SmokyBones.com. That's All cheaper. Right. You can buy it in the grocery store. Yeah, and you get it sides is. with it. You don't have to clean it up. I mean, yeah. you do have to tip. I guess that gets You're not going to tip bit, that much. At least four bucks. You got to do 20%. 20% well, I know that, but still, you know, when you're when round up. But when we're paying 25 to 34 dollars a rack without rub without charcoal yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's the deal. anyway we were going to break and you were going to tell us uh story meathead about you had two great like, dining experiences two, out here two, two dining experiences um uh, that i'll never forget um my wife and i came out to portland on vacation just a four-day weekend years ago and we took the train in from the airport and um, hit downtown and there was a street fair and i'll never forget there was a a gentleman with a griddle 
And that was before griddles became hot. And they're really popular now, by the way, and really mm -hmm. cheap. And if you haven't looked into buying a, uh, uh, a Blackstone or one of those inexpensive griddles, they're really Pit cool. Boss. Pit Boss is another <laughs> yeah. one. Um, um, and, and, and I'm drawing a blank on the brands and I'm not paid to pr promote any of them. But um, in any case, um, he was um, griddling fresh Pacific salmon um, and serving it on a romaine salad. So you had mm. this hot salmon on his cold salad and it was just marvelous uh with yeah. a caesar dressing and i do that all the time now i have a cast iron griddle that i throw on top of my gas grill and uh, i start with the meat side down because it's it's still flexible then and i want to get a nice golden color on it and then i flip it over and get the skin side and uh, i serve it on top of a romaine salad with uh caesar's dressing it's wonderful um and then um we traveled down the coast to silat's bay Yep. And uh, this is a little bay with a tiny little mouth uh, that um, when the tide comes in, it's full. And when the tide goes out, it's practically bone dry. And you can wade around out there and, and, and collect um, uh, clams. And it's easy to dig clams there. And at the mouth of the bay, people are catching uh, crab. And, right. and they just take a chicken neck and tie it to a string and throw it out, and the crabs grab hold, and you gently reel them in and scoop them up with a net. The hardest part is getting the damn things out of the net. And mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um, But those clams uh, from Silet's Bay, um, uh, just, you know, nothing like that. Fresh clams with a bottle of Sauvignon Blanc and maybe mm. um, a butter sauce and uh, oh, yeah. them on the grill. Oh, my goodness. And so that we had we had those... We had a number of really nice meals, but those two meals, uh, they're there. You know how some meals just stick with you. Yeah. yeah. You know, there I, I, I have memories of meals that go back many one specific meal, you know, and they mm -hmm. just stick with you primarily because they're so good. But also the ambiance and the events surrounding it. And I'll never forget those two meals in uh, in Oregon. I had a girlfriend 40 years ago that cooked a meal for me, and I think it's still with me. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, wait a minute. <laughs> one thing, one food, thing that we I've have. Food like that, too. <laughs> one thing that we have is, and most people don't know about them. They're little tiny. They're called Eastern soft shell clamps, and you dig them with a spoon or oh, your yeah. finger, and they're in the mud flats. Where mm -hmm. the, like you said, it slits. Yeah, they're, they're in Silat's Bay. Yeah. And you can go out there. You have to be careful not to sink down in the mud too much yeah. or, the, you know, like that. But you can take them out and they're just really soft. And you can just kind of peel the soft shell off them and cook them. And they're a lot of work. But God, are they good? Holy mm. moly. They're really good. Um, with, with Labor Day rapidly approaching and we were supposed to be talking about that this show, which is sometimes we do this. Um the most important thing people can pay attention to when they're cooking for Labor Day or any day for that matter, Meathead. Well, I mean, the obvious answer is don't screw it up. I mean, mm -hmm. I, my advice to people always is, is when you're entertaining, cook something you've done before. <clears throat> don't say, wow, I've always wanted to try beef ribs. Let's do it for company because you're going to screw it up. And then you got egg on your face and then you got other stuff to worry about. You got kids and dogs running around and, uh, you know, gr grandma fell on the stairs and, all. you know, yeah. 
do something that you can do with your eyes closed that you've practiced a bunch of times that you know what you're doing and don't forget your thermometer i've I, you you've heard me preach that a thousand times i know both of you were as, uh, ascribed mm-hmm. to the thermometer religion um you know i <clears throat> my wife worked as a food safety scientist for the fda and she once told me she thought that my website amazingribs.com has uh, done more for thermometers than the FDA has. Uh, <laughs> we preach we preach thermometers all the time. Nothing will make you a better cook than using a thermometer. A, a medium rare steak is 130 to 135 degrees. Period. Mm-hmm. You'll never be embarrassed uh, with a well done steak that oh goodness can't afford one standing there and serving a well done steak because you let it get away from you. Use your thermometer. Uh, it works on just about, well, you won't work on clams. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 no. But there's a way Labor Day party, clam bake. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. You can do that. Or like I said, one of those low country boils that they do back yeah. in the Carolinas. Yeah. You know, because you got oysters. all these, <clears throat> you got oysters, you got, you got clams, you got crayfish, you got, depending on where you're at, you can got sweet corn, sweet corn in that. If you're, um, Crack on the East Coast, you can do the soft shell blue. What do they call them? Blue stone crabs or something like that. Uh, no, blue claws are uh, blue crabs are 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 soft shells, and they're still in yeah. season during um, Labor Day. They're coming out of season. They're they're in season now. So I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can do for your um, Labor Day barbecue like that. Now, AmazingRibs.com. Uh, I happen to be a member of the Pitmaster Club there. You can even hear some of the old shows there, which, by the way, you and I need to chat about that. Yeah. But that is the website for absolutely, I think, the most accurate barbecue or grilling in itself or cooking in itself website in the world. Uh, And not just because you're our friend, but it's true because I don't there's very little you can't find on that site. You've got like four and a half million pages to it. But, but, you know, you. you put it. It's not only that, it's his book. His book is, I think, number one for many years. And I mean, I know it's early to think about Christmas, but what a great Christmas gift. Oh, you guys are too generous (laughs) to be, too kind to me. By the way, I did hear um, uh, Chef Simon last month um, Mm -hmm. on your show, last week, I guess. uh, Right. Mm -hmm. And he had some nice things to say about my book. Uh, So uh, thank you very kindly. It was yeah. his favorite book, as I recall. Yeah, it is. All right. We're going to get out of here, but Meathead is going to stick around for after hours, which is always fun. I've got some new questions for him today. So, uh, Meathead, thank you for joining us. Miss Leanne, thank you. Thank you. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.